BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Thank you for listening to Spin, the rally pod, brought to you by Dirtfish Rally School. For your chance to experience life behind the wheel of a rally car, head to drive.dirtfish.com to find the course that's right for you. What are you waiting for? We're right here waiting for you. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Spin the Rally Pod, episode number 227, and brought to you by Dirtfish.com. I'm Lisa O'Sullivan, and I'm going to be cobbling together this episode because it's a little bit different from usual. We will be crossing to Mexico, Mexico, to get a roundup of the Rally of Nations from the weekend. Colin Clark, the voice of rally, and Dirtfish.com's head of content, Alistair Lindsay, on site, in position, and ready to report back. The rest of the team will be putting their feet up. George Donaldson, no doubt, already packing for Kenya, the next event on the WRC calendar. And David Evans doing five things at once, as usual, and you can enjoy his multitasking on the website dirtfish.com and if you want to get in touch with us as always at dirtfish rally is the best way to do it so plenty coming up on this edition of spin the rally pod but first to one of the most important events on the dirtfish calendar and the women in motorsport summit which is coming up fast and i'm promised it's going to be bigger and better than ever And there's one person who can tell us all about it, the head of strategy and women in motorsport coordinator for Dirtfish.com, Josie Rimmer. Good morning, boss. Good morning. How are you? Do you know what? I'm not bad at all, but I am giddy. Yeah. My favourite word, I have to say, I'm giddy. Good word. For the Women in Motorsport Summit last year, I had the absolute joy and pleasure of touching down in Seattle and coming to the mothership and just falling in love with everything mm. that Snoqualmie and Dirtfish has to offer on the ground. Mm. But this year, I get to enjoy it from the comfort of my own home, <laughs> my own cabin. I will be sitting in here and I'll be able to follow the streams. But to be honest, Josie, my to-do list is empty. So I'm hoping that over the next 20 minutes, half an hour or so, you're going to be able to give me a schedule that I need to stick to um, and we can tick in those boxes. The the panels. Let's start yeah. with the panellists because I'm so glad that Michelle Mouton is on her way back because I know when we were making waffles together at the hotel the day after, she had an absolutely amazing time. Yeah, honestly, I can't even really wrap my mind around the fact that she, A, was willing to join us last year in person and B, is willing to join us again. For me, her returning a second a second time is in some ways even more meaningful because we've been given the opportunity to show her the concept and the program and the initiative and the feeling that she walked away with was big enough and um, empowering enough that she's willing to come back for a second year. So yes, we start our day with the panels. We'll have two panels of incredible, incredible women in the field. 
Um, our first panel, of course, will be headlined by Michelle Mouton, the one and only Bex Williams, and the one and only Pernilla Solberg. Whoop, whoop. Yes. I tell you what, you could not get three better women in rallying, in rallying. to come together on a stage. And I have to say that I know the three of them do actually like socialising together as well. So it's it's going to feel like a party up there. Yeah, you know, it will. The, the great news is they're so comfortable with each other. You know, if for anyone who's unfamiliar with Bex, which if you're listening to this podcast, you're you've got to be fairly familiar with Bex Williams. But if you don't, then then shame on you. <laughs> exactly. I'll introduce Bex. Go for it. I've worked with Bex Williams for 20 years, pretty much, on rallying on the World Rally Championship. And she has created a role for herself that nobody else on this planet can do. Exactly. She has the interviewing skills uh, that are just, I, I'm in awe of because she gets the best interviews. She gets the best information out of drivers and co-drivers and team bosses and and head chefs and bottle washers all the way from from kings to to peasants and it treats them all the same and it's compelling listening whenever you see it and now as well is both the face and the voice of the commentary on the WRC live stream and again there is nobody else who can do what Bex William does mm-hmm. that amazing Welsh voice she has mm-hmm. um the worst thing i have to say though the worst thing about Bex Williams when i used to work with her we would have a production meeting that would the two of us would be making planning notes for the rally and it would probably take us about an hour and a half just chatting <laughs> to get through stuff, um, which was genuinely my favourite one and a half hours week mm. of the rally. So uh, one and a half hour of the rally. That is Bex Williams. That's the yeah. voice that you will hear on WRC Live and think, who's that? Who's that? Mm-hmm. That's Bex Williams. Never call her Rebecca. Don't call her Becca. <laughs> her name is Bex. Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, Bex has this in, incredible ability to pull out the stories that people don't even expect to tell. You know, I think especially for people like Michelle Mouton and Pernilla Solberg, who have been interviewed, you know, a, a million and one times, you know, they, they know which questions are going to come their way. For the most part, they've answered them before. Bex Williams has this ability to find the little teeny tiny thread of a story that no one's asked them to elaborate on. And then all of a sudden you get this whole new perspective. So it's going to be amazing. And, you know, Bex and Michelle will actually show up at two parts of the day. Um, They will both be on the first panel alongside Pernilla Solberg. And then at the end of the day, we'll be returning to the panel tent after some very exciting activities that we'll get into in a second um, for a fireside chat, just the two of them. So that part's going to be very intimate, a different energy. And unlike any other event in the world, you know, again, Michelle has done a million interviews, not like this, not live, not with Bex Williams in comfy chairs, you know, sitting under the under Mount Sai in the Pacific Northwest. Nothing like this has ever been done. So we're, I, again, I can't even count the amount of times that I've thought to myself, how is this happening? How is this real life? Um, but I'm so grateful. Now let's talk about Penilla making a return to the Women in Motorsport Summit. But also, she, I mean, she's virtually part of the family at Dirtfish these days because, uh, you know, she's an amazing former co-driver, former yeah. driver. She comes from a rallying family. She married into rallying by marrying Petter Solberg. And they have a rallying son, Oliver Solberg. Yes. Team boss, strategist. I mean, yeah. this is a woman who has so many plates in the air and is spinning yeah. them effortlessly 
all the time. I mean, genuinely, when I looked through the things that Penilla does on a daily basis, I swear she she must have like a Harry Potter time turner or something and is, is doing twice as much as everybody else. Yeah, I don't know how she does it. For me, Pernilla is such a massive presence in my mind that, you know, I assume that everybody just feels the same way. <laughs> but Pernilla, honestly, has been one of the most kind, open, hardcore, while remaining graceful people that I've ever met. I mean, I've, I've had, I've been really lucky to engage with Pernilla on a on the WRC round in Monte Carlo, as well as here at Dirtfish headquarters. And she just has this way about her. I mean, she's the hardest working person in any room. And she's, you would never know it in terms of, she never manifests it in a stressed way, in a negative way, in an upset way. She's got, like you said, she's got a hundred plates in the air. And all you see is this poised, efficient, kind human who has experience in every realm, whether, like you mentioned, co-driving, driving, team managing, you know, she's got this, this scope and this lens that very, very few other people have. Um, so, you know, I've been really lucky to spend time with her to, to absorb some of her little nuggets of wisdom that she's been generous enough to share with me. Um, and I, I can't, I can't express how, how grateful I am for that. Yeah, I I think that panel, there are three people on that who are unique, absolutely complete unique individuals. But that's just the start of the day. Just the start <laughs> so, of the day. I mean, some people save that to last. <laughs> you know, we like to start, you know, we like to start strong, continue strong, finish strong <laughs> the whole day. <laughs> There's really not a lull. I mean, then you talk about our second panel. We've got Michelle Abate, who is making huge waves in the Trans Am world. We've got Vanessa Ruck. Many people know her as her tag, the girl on the girl on a bike. She's been through it all. Um, you know, she actually got hit by a car while riding her bicycle and has had to climb back from all of that, is now a professional motorcycle rider, as well as has just signed to do a full season of Rally with Bowler. So, I mean, a legend, an absolute legend. And then we've got India Urbacher, who is a little bit newer on the scene, um, but she's running top fuel. Those are the fastest cars <laughs> in the world. Those are the cars that you have to wear a mask just to be able to continue breathing. It's like the the fighter jets, you know? <laughs> I mean, it takes some serious courage to do everything that these women are doing. Um, you know, Michelle Abate has grown her entire career herself, uh, did not have any support coming into it. <clears throat> so it's going to be amazing to hear her perspective. You know, Vanessa has had to climb back from incredible pain, incredible injury, and now is a huge advocate for safety in the sport. You know, she's working with Alpine Stars to make sure that their bike gear is up to par. India is working with Monster, which is incredible. Um, and she's joining us all the way from Switzerland. So you know, we've got this global group of women coming in from different realms of the motorsport space. Uh, and I just can't wait to hear them talk to each other, you know, share stories, find the similar experiences that they've had. If, if For those folks who were in our panel tent last year at the summit, and you can vouch for this, Lisa, I yeah. mean, it was 
unlike anything I've experienced, you know, at any given moment, you could either hear a pin drop or you couldn't hear yourself because the applause was so loud. You know, I mean, just incredible. It was it was so warm and welcoming to everybody mm-hmm. and everybody's dog as well, which yeah. <laughs> being a dog lover myself, was, I was just in heaven. Fast cars, brilliant, brilliant rally fans bringing their dogs and letting me pet their dogs. So, um, <laughs> they make everything better. Oh, it really does. I mean, but it's it's really quite frustrating to do something like spin the rally pod, and and we can talk about it. But just trying to get across that um, that big hug you get when you come into a community where you feel you don't have to prove anything, you don't have to, you know, you yeah. can just start a conversation with the person next to you, and and you're all on common ground, and it's it's just magnificent. And that's the part that I really want to get across to people is I've had so many folks reaching out, social media, email, calling in, um, asking if, or asking something along the lines of, hey, I'm not in motorsport, or I'm not a driver, or, you know, I run a merchandising business, or I, you know, I'm VP over at this company that has nothing to do with motorsport, will this event still be relevant for me? And every time I want to scream from the mountains, yes, this event is for everyone, because it's not it's not only about women in motorsport. It's about women in any space. It's about women in male-dominated fields. It's about women in business. It's about women in sport. It's about women in technology. I mean, you know how many roles there are within the motorsport world. Every single one of those roles needs someone who loves it and cares about it and is willing to devote their time to it. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or gender non-conforming, you know? Um, but what I want to say is this event is for everyone because you'll get to meet women that are that are doing the things, you know, that are that are powerhousing through whatever other male dominated space they might be in. Um, you know, you get to listen to women who have battled some of the very similar, if not the same things that a woman in another at a tech company is battling. You know, we're all trying to pull a seat up to a table that really is resistant to putting more seats at the table. <laughs> and so that's what we're trying to do. It's so good to actually share as well. I think yes. um, I'm lucky that a lot of places that I work um, have very few chairs, but um, some of the best places I work um, not only have the chairs, but they have somebody dragging the chair over for you and saying, ah, right, now I do it this way. How do you do it? And, you know, everybody starts to learn from each other yeah. that it's not just about... Um, it's not just about gender, but I, I do find this in in spaces that include women that the sharing side of things is is much easier. That people are far more yes. likely to say, "I found when I was doing this yes. that this worked," and and somehow when there are women in the space, that's much easier to do. Um, and I I like that, and I like that my a lot of male colleagues I work with now also mm. have that. Yes. have that way forward because they've started to work in places where women are are showing them there's different ways of doing stuff. Better exactly. or worse, but you know, it's just different ways of learning how to to do things. Exactly, and that's why I encourage non women also to come to the summit because, and your kids, bring your kids. It's important for and young people and your dogs, but it's important for young people and men, young men, adult men, to see women holding the microphone, like to see women being the the subject matter experts. Um, we don't see it enough in the world as it stands. And when it does exist, we're not 
showing it off in a lot a lot of the time. So, you know, what I keep saying about this year is it's a little bit easier for us to say that we are giving the women the platform. And I think that that's where a lot of the big, big companies kind of stop. We want to give women the platform and hand them the microphone because it's not enough to say, hey, these women are here. Look, we also have to say, hey, look at what these women are doing. Look at what they've accomplished. Let them speak for themselves. Don't have somebody else tell their story, you know, and and, in doing that, we want to encourage the young women that are in attendance to realize that there's a space for them here, that there's a role within the motorsport space, if that's what they're interested in. Um, And like you said, even if it doesn't, even if someone walks away and doesn't want to enter the motorsport space, they've built a wonderful network of supporting people with the same goals you know, that are willing to share. And that's one of the most brilliant parts of our women, of our all women's driving programs too, is you come up and I've never heard more conversation or back and forth about, hey, how are you feeling on that corner? Because I'm noticing that on my third, you know, by the time I get to my third lap, the, the gravel's really moved out. So I'm kind of hitting this berm. How are you dealing with it? You know, I think that's just as powerful as anything else. So, Two panels, but that's, I mean, I remember we had, we had the women run firms and businesses, a little bit annoyed, actually, I've run out of my fantastic um, hand cream, body cream oh, that I bought. I'll send you some more. That was, was made, and now the company that, that made that, it was a mother and a daughter and they made Keepers. it from beeswax. Yeah, Keepers Collective. Absolutely gorgeous bee products. Anyway, that was just, that's just me being selfish about that. But, but there was, there was. Too much to do, almost, almost too much to yeah. do. There are the thrill rides as well, chucked in, which I'm guessing all the places are full on that now. Yes, yep. And, you know, I know there, it felt like there was too much to do last year. Well, we're adding more. So <laughs> after after the panels, um, the morning panels wrap up, we'll move into that celebration time. And during that period, everything is female-owned. So as you mentioned, we've got local female-owned businesses that will be selling their products. The Keepers Collective is coming back. I recommend it. Personally. I use their stuff every night. Too. I endorse it. <laughs> yep. Um, and then we've also got so many of our partnered partnered vendors that will be joining us with female representatives. We've got female owned food trucks. We've got a female DJ this year. Her name is DJ Mixtress. I just love her. <laughs> we will have thrill rides running, of course, with Michelle, Kendra, and Tasha. Our female instructors will be ripping around in the Subaru BRZs. But then the thing that we're adding this year as well is three rally workshops. So these are really an opportunity for our visitors to just chat one-on-one with the folks that are that are occupying these roles. So we'll have how to get into rally as a driver, as a co-driver, and as a mechanic. And this will be an opportunity to ask the, the co-drivers, hey, what, what goes in your co-driver bag? Or, hey, how do you manage all the organization of the event? Or, Hey, if your driver calls a note and you think, actually, that's way tighter, how do you navigate that conversation? Um, it's an opportunity for drivers, you know, to ask them, how did you get good at this when rally is the most impossible thing to practice? You know, it's I was lucky enough to ride horses my whole life. I just went out to the barn twice a day. You know, it was easy for mm-hmm. me to get practice. It's not that easy in rally. And then I'm so excited. We're bringing five amazing female mechanics out to do a full walkthrough on our school BRZ and actually my competition race BRZ so that we can hear about 
what they do when the car comes back in for a service, what they do when, you know, you need to convert it to a sequential gearbox, et cetera, et cetera. So that part's incredibly exciting. Like I always say, we're all about representation. Um, so I'm really excited to be to be bringing in even more women to represent their their, you know, power space of the motorsport world. I am gutted I'm going to be missing that now. Oh, there are So we we are live streaming the panels. What else can we see? Will we see the walk around? You will. will. Be getting so live streamed. Once we conclude the sort of stagnant uh live stream of the panels, we might do a quick little tech break, but then very quickly after that you'll see us taking you through exactly what's going on, meeting the vendors, meeting the businesses, checking out the 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 workshop groups. Um, you'll also see, I don't want to give too much away, but you will see some live drone footage of drones chasing our active thrill ride cars. Uh. So yes, like you mentioned, they have actually been sold out for almost two weeks. They sold out pretty quickly, the thrill rides, um, but registration is open. If you can come in person, please do the atmosphere I mean, I hope that we can share the atmosphere via the live stream, but it just won't be the same. Um, and then after that moment of adventure, you get to come back into the panel tent for a fireside chat. Well, so basically have a good night's sleep the night before. Um, <laughs> pace yourself through the day. Um, the other thing to mention as well is that um, the mothership itself, the actual the actual building is... <laughs> I came with a very British attitude last year which is basically someone will always put up a rope that you're not allowed to go past so um being on the inside and when people started turning up i thought are they allowed to come in here are they allowed are we allowing uh i can't believe how relaxed it actually is you can get up close and personal with race suits from some of the greatest drivers and rally drivers and co-drivers around um and and enjoy if you are a twin peaks fan as well being on the Mm -hmm. part of the set from the the bizarrely weird and cult classic that was David Lynch's Twin Peaks. Um, get yourself, I'm sure Xander will let you uh, sit behind her desk and pretend you're at the police station. Um, so, if you're lucky, if you're, she's going to be busy. She's going to be busy. She's always busy. She's always fabulous as well, though, um, mm-hmm. as the whole team are. Kelly and Xander, yeah. Kelly and Xander are incredible. Just to go back to something you did mention there as well, I can't believe that... <laughs> I can't believe that you're going to get a bunch of co-drivers together and manage to stop them talking at any point. I would say that one of the million incredible qualities about co-drivers is that they are the most adaptable people I've ever Mm -hmm. met because they have to be, you know, they might have a driver that is just starting out. They might have a driver that's on their hundredth rally. They might have a driver that likes to talk or hates to talk or calls their notes Generously or calls their notes conservative. I mean, they are the most adaptable group of people uh, in the world, in my opinion. So I don't feel worried because they're going to be so excited to share their experience with the audience uh, and they'll adapt to the experience of, of whoever's asking the question. Yeah, it's amazing. And just again, from being a sports commentator myself, um, one of the groups of people I work with other fellow commentators, we spend so much time talking about how we prepare notes <laughs> and, yeah. and who's got the best idea. It's like, do you do that? Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I also have a, you know, my name is Lisa O'Sullivan and and I am a stationary addict. I have 
bit of a problem with pens and paper. I have too many. I'm too much. Um, but but with the whole note taking side of things from a co-driver point of view as well, looking at how the notes are written, how they're in the books, mm. how they just the mechanics of being able to turn the pages, having gloves yeah. and and redoing the notes, prepping the night before the stages. Mm -hmm. If you've got a chance to see video of previous stages and stuff like that. I mean, just co-drivers are, I'd say they're probably the most interesting people um, on a rally team. Yeah. I know you drive, Josie, but let's face it, Michelle's the interesting side of things. But yeah, it, they, they do I have, they it. have an opinion on everything it. because the driver is, is single-minded, may I suggest. But it's true. I mean, and I, I credit, you know, I'm so lucky. One of our senior instructors, Michelle Miller, who of course is a driver, but she's also a professional co-driver. And I'm so lucky that she's mine. She, well, when I race, she's, she's been my co-driver. So, um, you know, and, and it, it's the whole thing, you know, the, the organization, the notes, the advice when I call a corner a little bit too generously, but, you know, it's also just the show must go on type of attitude and the, the, we can fix it. Um, mm. you know, we were about to start a night stage just after our amazing crew had replaced the rear diff that I had blown up and it's pitch black raining. So sideways. Like if you, if you picture the stereotypical Seattle rain, that's what it was. And we launch off the start line. Can't see much trying to figure out my lights against the rain. Cause the rain's just reflecting them back. And then our defrost fails. <laughs> so I could not see two feet in front of my face. I couldn't see one foot in front of my face to see through the windshield. And Michelle's tinkering while she's calling notes. And I'm thinking, Michelle, not the time. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> and she whips out our caution triangle, unfolds it, throws a rag in it, folds it back up, and is reaching in front of my face to wipe the inside <laughs> of my windshield. As she's calling notes, I say at speed. I was going pretty slow at this point. But um, at speed, never missed a beat, and is still giving me, the driver, a little window that I can see through. I mean, amazing. Uh, well, we love Michelle Miller. We do love Michelle Miller. We do love we Michelle love Miller. Miller. <laughs> we, we love everyone at Dirtfish. We, we're going to cross to Mexico in a minute on Spin the Rally Pod and catch up with Colin Clark from the, the Rally of Nations. Mm -hmm. Josie, I know how much work you've put into this. What are you most proud about for this edition of the Women in Motorsports Summit? We're up to year three now and it's growing and it's getting bigger and bigger every year. What am I most proud of? That's a great one. I think, you know, I'm proud that after every summit and after every all women's program and after, you know, every Girl Scout troop that we're teaching car skills to, after all of these events, we've expanded the community of people who recognize the value of women in the sport. And we've opened the door to young women, young girls being able to say, hey, I wanna be a race car driver. And having that be a valid answer. You know, a, a little boy says it and you think, awesome, yeah, he could be the next Max Verstappen. A young girl says it and you don't know what to do. So, now we're we're creating more young girls that can say that um, more young girls that say, hey, I want to I want to learn how to build an engine. You know, the list goes on and on. So I'm proud of that. I'm excited to 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 widen the funnel even more this year, get more people into the sport. 
um, and just, yeah, let people know that there's a space for them. JC Rimmer, Head of Strategy and Women in Motorsport Coordinator at Dirtfish, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm Kellen Koshal and I just did my first Dirtfish course, which was the one-day women's course. My biggest surprise was how calm it could be in the car, and the calmer I was, the faster I could make the car go. The surprising thing about driving was that it wasn't necessarily a mental thing. I had to really get out of my head and into my body more, and I just felt a little more comfortable doing that for the first time around a group of women. But I will say, I do feel like I could do any of the Dirtfish courses now. I kind of know what to expect, and. You know, hopefully more women get into motorsports and then any day could be an all-women's day if just enough of us are in the sport. If I were talking to someone who was thinking about taking a class was kind of on the fence, it would be, you know, what are you waiting for? It's such a fun experience. Um, you're going to really learn something and you're going to push your limits and maybe you'll even have some more confidence. And all the information you need about booking the ride of your life is available on the website dirtfish.com. Now, I promised you a little trip to Mexico where they've been holding the Rally of Nations, the most amazing calendar event. So much colour, so much energy, always in Mexico. I know it was Dirtfish head of content Alistair Lindsay's first chance to see this rally up close and personal. And he is joined on the ground with the voice of rally himself, Colin Clark. Well, it's been an absolute joy, I'd have to say, to be back in Mexico. And Alistair Lindsay our head of content, your first trip out here. What are your thoughts? What are your first thoughts of the Rally of Nations and the beautiful Guanajuato Leon region? Well, it is incredibly colorful, incredibly vibrant. Uh, I knew it was going to be a party-like atmosphere and it did not disappoint. I remember having a conversation with you, Colin, when we were in Guanajuato. Part of me just wanted to forget about the rally, just stay there for a few days and chill out. It's such a great place. It, it is It is at any time of the year. It is one of the world's most beautiful cities. I believe it's a UNESCO uh, World Heritage City. And you can tell why, can't you? You go there and it's just, it just it instantly strikes you as being somewhere that you want to just spend some time in, you know, Guanajuato, because it's so vibrant, so colourful. It's such a wonderful vibe. Throw in the world's best street stage on a Thursday night, Friday night, Friday night, wasn't it? And it just, it is just magical. It was a magical experience again. Yeah, and th this says a lot about uh, what Mexico is as an, as an event, because you think about other WRC rounds, the Super Special is usually just a box tick exercise. It's in a, a car park, an industrial area. This, you you go for the, the enjoyment. You yeah. go because... Oh my God! I'm yeah, so there's sorry. almost it's, no. You you discussed yeah. this the other night. It's almost an event in itself, isn't it? You know, it's mm. almost the, the opening two stages. They're almost an event in themselves. It, it was quite incredible, and you know, um, when the WRC comes to town, uh, there's a tremendous atmosphere. But what I love, you know, it hasn't been a WRC event. It's the Rally of Nations, which has, has its own character, has its own appeal. That's for sure. But my goodness me, the fans have still turned out for it. You, know, they love rallying in this part of the world. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah, I I remember being on the shakedown stage and looking around and it didn't feel like any other sort of motorsport I'd ever been to. You had uh, sort of like a like a brick type house yeah. and it was just filled with people inside. You know, there were tables, drinks, whatever. And it, it was, they were just watching the cars go by sort of incidentally, like they had a window out onto the world of rallying. And I just, I can't imagine anything like that 
where I'm pro- from. It's a proper celebration and it's a proper party. You know, people come out and they make a day out of it. And, you know, the rallying is there, but the socialising is there, the partying is there. I, I just think that it's really so, so special in this part of the world. And, yeah, you know, to kick things off as they did here with that, that wonderful street stage in Guanajuato was more than a bit special. But, uh, you know, the rally's not all about Guanajuato and the street stage. We then headed into some of the best gravel stages anywhere in the world. And, and it was just great to see, you know, some young drivers in particular. You know, we had, we had uh, uh, what was the girl's name? Remind me from the Rally Star programme. Anya. Anya. Anya from the Rally Star programme. You know, we had Conor Martel from North America. We had people from really all over the Americas, all over Europe, uh, coming in in a variety of cars, it's fair to say tackling some of the world's best gravel stages and it was a joy to watch them and to see the reaction it was and this this also plays to another really important point that the fact it's a mix of yeah. the local crews yeah. and the national crews and we saw how up for it the mexican yeah. crews were as soon as they had mads osberg in town um as soon as they had dd oil in town they're like i'm gonna push yeah. i'm gonna try and match these guys and it made things more competitive our, our new friend, Alejandro Mauro, really oh. got into the swing of things, didn't he? He was an absolute star in, in his uh, Rally 2 car. Alejandro uh, has got a passion for rallying, that is for sure, hasn't he? An absolute passion for rallying. And, um, you know, he was just a gem. He was an absolute gem with, with us all weekend, and I'm sure with the Mexican media. It was, it was great. You talked about world champions there. We did have TDA Oreo uh, here. We had Julian Gracia. Uh, an eight times world champion here. And it was, we had Harry Rovenberg as well, a winner in the WRC. Harry just about made it to the end. I don't think he quite made it to the end. But it was just, you know, there was one disappointment. It was that we didn't see really enough of Didier and Julian. Yeah, indeed. I mean, I was really looking forward to seeing Didier behind yeah. the wheel. You know, we it's been quite a long time. And um, yeah, car trouble. It's, it's, it's one of these things in rallying. You, yeah. It, do, they do, it does happen sometimes. Yeah, absolutely does. But that it, yeah. that it had to hit the two world champions is just the, the absolute worst yeah. of luck. And and really, if anything, I was more excited to see how Julian did, you know, because he, he is stepping into this brave new world yeah. on the other side of the car. Yeah. And, and and I'm curious to see how much he, he's taken on and learned from, from Seb, you know. But he was it, so up for it. You know, we talked to him a couple of times before the event, and he was so up for it, and he was so excited about having the opportunity to take what he thinks are his learnings, sitting next to Seb for so long, he wanted to put them into practice and to see whether or not it would work. And he was so up for it, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, I remember the conversation that we had before the rally began, and he was basically explaining all of it to us. And you can tell that, that you know, how many years was he sat in that co-driver's seat yeah. wondering, I wonder what it would be like if yeah. I had a go at this. This yeah. is not something that he's just decided to have fun with overnight he's really looking to, to yeah. test himself so he hopefully is. he gets another chance somewhere else in the world soon well i think he will and he, he did tell us that he's doing some rounds in france this year isn't he i think on tarmac uh, i'm not 100 percent sure of that but julian Gracia is definitely up for testing his driving skills and i can't wait to see how far he goes uh, by the way quick question for you the most popular boy's name over the past 10 years in this region leon Guanajuato, is what Sebastian. It is Sebastian. It is Sebastian. That is an absolute fact, I'm told. That is how big rallying is here. Sebastian Loeb winning so many times. Sebastian Ogier winning so many times. They are gods. And 
know, uh, lots of families naming their newborns. It, it's incredible, like, how much passion there is in the people like Mads Osberg. Yeah. You know, you think about Mads in the context of the world. So we live in this bubble, yeah. right, where we think about the World Rally Championship and, you know, who's a big driver, who's a successful one. Mads Osberg, you know, very, very good driver, very successful driver, but he's not world champion. But he comes here and he has yeah. fans in Mexico singing his name. He can't move for all the autographs. I, 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 don't, I don't remember seeing anything to quite that level for a non-local driver. No, absolutely. You know, Mads is a superstar here. He really is a superstar. Um, you know, it was his second time. It's at least the second time. He certainly won Rally of Nations when it ran two years ago. It was good to see Mads. And do you know what was really nice? To see him so relaxed and so enjoying his driving, so enjoying where he's at in his life and his career now. Mm, yeah, no, of course. It, uh, the, I guess he's at a phase in his career that he could just, just enjoy things a bit more. You know, WRC2, it's... Uh, it's stepped up so many levels in terms of professionalism, in terms of the time you have to dedicate to it. it even if you're only doing six, seven rounds a year, it's it's akin to a full-time yeah. full role at that point. So, you know, we saw the effect it had with Esapeka. Yeah. You know, he's, he's feeling yeah. better than ever before. Yeah. I mean, you can you can attest to that, right? That's yeah. the impression you've gotten. Oh, absolutely. Esapeka Lappi, you know, fair play to Esapeka Lappi. He, he made that decision, you know, there was... Uh, obviously, stuff going on at home. I, I believe it was, you know, his kids basically were, were just missing him terribly badly. And uh, all respect to Esapeka for saying, no, I'm going to I'm going to put my kids first. And Mads Osberg, I think, is the same. Mads is appreciating and enjoying being able to pick and choose, spend time with his kids, and then come out to events like this and just go out, throw the car around. He won all but one stage. He picked up a puncture in one stage. He's driving as well as ever. And you have seen some of the... Uh, the wonderful footage that we've been getting um, from our friends in Belgium who've shot this event. They've done a great job, by the way. And Mads Osberg in the stage, uh, just looking absolutely on it. Mm. He looked good. He's not yeah. lost anything, has he? And, and he didn't seem to be really pushing that hard either. He's very much in his comfort zone, and he's still putting 30 seconds yeah. on everyone. It makes you wonder if he did you know, go back, find a programme somewhere at the world level. He could probably just jump straight back into... Yeah. Into being competitive, fighting at the front, based on what we've seen. He, you know, he's one of the very few drivers in the world still competing who's won a round of the World Rally Championship. So, so yeah, for sure, I'm sure he could. Uh, it was great to see Mads, and congratulations to him on taking the uh, uh, the what are we calling it? You came. What did you say it was? The, Alistair, you said I the, I like to describe it as the individual classification. Individual classification. Officially, it's not called that, but I I find it the most. Uh, Sensible way. Yeah, so he, he was the fastest of all our drivers. Yes. And, and then we, we come to the Rally of Nations, which was great fun. It was just great fun to see uh, drivers being put together, in some instances from different countries, but in the main from the same country, uh, driving different cars, trying to work out this, this calculation, this, this factor, this coefficient that they've used. It confused us all weekend, but it didn't matter. It didn't matter. The boys and girls that were out competing were just enjoying competing together and enjoying having something to drive for. And, uh, you know, the Mexican crew that won, uh, they were delighted at the end of the day. Yeah, no, they, 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 you know who was really, really getting into the scoring system, though? Neil Solens. He, he you know, was. He was, he was he talking was. about how he defeated Mads Ostberg. Right. And, you know, on, on, according to the point system he had, yeah. you know, he got a few stage wins once uh, performance, car performance was corrected under their performance balancing system. Of course, Neil was in a Group N, Mitsubishi Lancer, and that has absolutely no chance, yeah. raw speed-wise, against uh, Ostberg's Fabia. Yeah. So he, he, he created his own. This he, helped him 
Give motivation to keep going, to keep yeah. going and to keep pushing and to keep taking risks out there. Solens was great. There were some real stars this weekend, weren't there? Your Osberg is clearly a star. Niels was great. Um, Alejandro was uh, was just an absolute star. But it was just nice to meet people that, that maybe, you know, under normal circumstances, we wouldn't get to meet. And to get to know them and to see their passion for it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, Andrea Mabellini, for example, yeah. we, we got to talk to him in more yeah. depth. And, and, you know, he's another young guy who's pushing to try and get up the ladder. And this is, you know, an invaluable learning opportunity as well, going to an event like this yeah. with its WRC spec stages, WRC spec length. He's never had a chance to do anything like this yeah. before. So these kind of, yes, it's an exhibition event on paper. It's not, uh, I like, except for the uh, North American yeah. Central NACAM, NACAM. NACAM. Can't remember the exact configuration of that acronym, but the NACAM guys, the Mexican guys, it's point scoring for them, for the rest of them. On paper, it's a bit fun, but really, the stages out there, they're as challenging as anything in the world, and I'm sure he will have learned something to take into his season ahead. No question. Uh, Now, uh, first thing this morning, Alistair, we went out to one of the world's iconic rally jumps. El Brinco. I loved it. We had some fun there, didn't we? There were some proper sends over that jump. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised it didn't turn into El Breco <laughs> with some of the nose landings <laughs> that were going on with certain crews. Yeah. You know, it, it was almost like a binary switch. 50% of people were like, I've got to get to the finish. I've got to get to the finish. Took it really careful. And then... A few just absolutely launched it. Threw it over, and it was great to watch. To be fair, you know, we mentioned earlier on, there was such a variety of cars here, uh, and some of those cars needed nursing. You didn't really want to take any unnecessary risks. So, yeah, the crowds might have booed a little bit when the drivers slowed down over that jump, uh, but they had plenty, plenty of others who were just sending it. Exactly, and it goes to show that it's still an endurance test at the end of the day. Okay, there's the, the Rally 2 cars were probably going to be okay, but so much of the, the field here are production spec vehicles. Absolutely. And if you think about it, that then in a sense is real rallying, because you've still got that element of, I mean, I could absolutely yeet it over this jump and have some fun, but there might be some consequences for me yeah. that the Rally 2 guys don't have. Yeah, yeah absolutely, absolutely. No, I loved it. I, I uh, been to that jump i've been fortunate to go there a few times and certainly the atmosphere there this morning you know there was a great crowd maybe a little smaller than we would see during the wrc but it was a great vocal excitable crowd and when alejandro and who was the other guy that absolutely sent it first time round? Was, it wasn't ricardo it was one of the others uh, when they they flew they flew it was just it got me cheering it was incredible a bit special a bit special and then i guess you know we have to mention the um the, the final podium, you know, <laughs> 20 years of covering this, this sport and we had a first for me on the podium. Right, yes, of course, there was an unexpected surprise from uh, Dennis Rodstrom's co-driver, Johan Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson, what a, an old softy he is. Uh, he kept this one secret, he brought a, a little ring, he hid it away from his, his girlfriend, as she was up until an hour or two ago. Um, and on the final podium, called his girlfriend up onto the podium, got down on one knee and proposed to his girlfriend. It brought a tear to my eye. It was just beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I've never heard of anything like that happening yeah. in my life. It, it, yeah. yeah, it was great. Yeah. Johan and your now fiance, we absolutely loved that moment. It was special. The whole atmosphere there was special. It's just to set the scene for you, folks. It's 
it's, it's the avenue of heroes and it's beautiful box trees all the way down either side of this this lovely pedestrianized area and then about halfway down it's a, a smaller version of the Arc de Triomphe you know and it is the arch of heroes here and the final podium was held underneath that and for me the atmosphere was yeah, a little bit chaotic at times but it was such fun and, and and that kind of summed up the event for me you know yeah there's a serious element to it drivers whenever they get into stages want to drive hard want to compete but this week in mexico for rally nations has been all about putting on a show and having fun yeah. i loved it It was great. It was just great. It was just great out there uh, today, and you know we did enjoy it so much. So, Alistair, your maybe your takeaway thoughts then, your your final thought from the Rally of Nations. Anything that particularly stuck out as being magical to you? Anything that you'll take away as a memory that will always be there for you? The first time a car went into the tunnel, <laughs> and you get that feeling of the wind just. It's even more visceral. It adds an extra dimension. You know, it's one thing to be stat or stood at the side of your average stage, but to get that extra sensation of the speed with the as as it goes flying past, it just adds an extra dimension. It is almost like there was a, a chill. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's just incredible. I have to say, for me, um, really, what stood out for me this weekend. Uh, two things one were the fans coming out in huge numbers and two was the energy and the enthusiasm of the volunteers the marshals the people working around the stages uh, you know they don't care that it's not a wrc event they just love their rallying they love to see mads osberg uh, they love to see harry Robinbera, Didi Oro. they love to see alejandro and all the local drivers you know the sport doesn't operate without the army of volunteers and marshals and when they do it in such a joyous fashion it's it's infectious it's absolutely infectious you cannot help but smile on this event and i, I have to say i haven't smiled this much in a long time so alistair it's been a joy working with you you've done some great work this weekend uh, folks if you haven't checked out our socials from rally of nations check them out go and have a look on instagram on tiktok on facebook um alistair's been a busy boy and has done some fantastic work uh, but it's been great fun. We have enjoyed our trip across the Atlantic. Alistair, we're heading home shortly. Um, that flight, I'm sure you're not looking forward to that. Well, I'm not even looking that far ahead yet. I still have a whole bunch of content to write up first and, and edit yeah. and get out to you folks at home. Yeah, you have a bit more work to do, folks. It has been a joy. We have very much enjoyed our trip here to Leon Guanajuato for the Rally of Nations. Thanks, Colin. Thanks, Alistair. There is plenty more on the website to enjoy from the Rally of Nations. Go back and check out the videos. Check out the YouTube channel, dirtfish.com, at Dirtfish Rally, if you fancy getting in touch. And, of course, if you are going to have a little bit of time at the weekend on Saturday, remember, it's the Women in Motorsport Summit, and the live stream will be available on dirtfish.com to enjoy. So much to see and enjoy from that you're going to have to I think make some room in your schedule not to be busy anywhere else but uh, enjoying the day watching from afar if you actually can't get to Snoqualmie in Seattle we will be back next week but for now that's it from me and don't forget if you are enjoying Spin the Rally Pod 
subscribe via your favourite podcast provider. And if you like us, why not pen a review as well? <laughs>